China's attempts to interfere in Canadian elections is very much in the headlines these days, but it's not a new phenomenon. In fact, China's interference in all aspects of Canadian society is not a new phenomenon. It's something that has been going on for a very long time. Hello, my name is Brian Lilly, host of the Full Comment Podcast. And before we bring in our next guest who witnessed this decades ago and continues to monitor it, I, I want to remind you that you can subscribe to the Full Comment Podcast on any uh, podcast platform, Amazon, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening, make sure that you hit subscribe, leave us a review, share it on social media, and help spread the word. Uh, our next guest is someone who I've known for a very long time. He's been an outspoken um, analyst in the media for a long time. He's someone who spent years from the 1980s to the early 2000s as a CSIS officer, including time on the Asia-Pacific desk. And He's someone who noted China's attempts to interfere in Canadian society long before most of us did. Michel Junocatia is the president of Northgate Group. He lectures at universities. He's been involved in this for a very long time, and he joins me now from Ottawa. Michel, thanks so much. Thank you for having me, Brian. It's a pleasure. Let's, um, let's step back and define what foreign interference is, and then we'll talk about what it means in the political sense, because I think that people have a... Uh, maybe odd views on on what this actually means? Mm. No, it's a right. It's a good idea to start because there is various form of foreign interference. There is a political form. There is within the community where you try to control and monitor the community. There is a within the business world and there's the academic world as well. The one that has been uh, preoccupying us lately in the news, it's much more the political one and lately also the uh, monitoring within the community with those clandestine police stations that has been done. Foreign interference is different than foreign influence. Uh, the distinction is very, very important. To influence another country, another uh, government, uh, it's legitimate, it's appropriate, it's overt versus covert. Uh, when, uh, when so, so it might be what a, a diplomat does, going yeah. and having meetings in the open, yeah. making representations to the government. You know, here's why we think you should agree with us on this. That's influence. That's influence. And that's absolutely appropriate. Uh, we influence through various means. We influence through uh, the work you do. Uh, for example, Brian, as uh, commentators in the media, we share, uh, we share thoughts. And eventually, we try to sort of reach a, 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 a common ground that makes us move forward. Covert interference is totally different. Foreign interference, as, as for definition, is covert most of the time uh, and seeks to basically uh, take uh, uh, over the process of, of uh, the decision process or the political process uh, in order to favor covertly a foreign country. Uh, in this particular situation, when we talk about China, China is not unique in that field. China is not the only country performing uh, an attempt to influence or to interfere uh, as to a certain extent. There's a long list of countries, including some friendly countries that we could name that do to such a thing. What is particularly particular uh, or is what's singular with uh, with China 
is the amplitude of their work. They have such a long period of time and such a, a, a large quantity of people doing and performing at so many different levels. That's what makes it very, very challenging for any Western agency. Uh, plus the fact that contrary to other countries, particularly democratic countries, China has time on its side. It uh, it has a perennity. It has to. It, it 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 doesn't have to return to election every five years. Where in this, in our case, the wind might blow in a different direction in five years. Currently, the Chinese government knows that it can plant an agent uh, in place for five, ten, fifteen, twenty-five years ahead, and will uh, harvest later the benefit of of that uh, operation. That's very very powerful for them. Uh, I. I I want to ask you about something that you and I have never discussed, despite knowing each other for a very long time doing, I couldn't tell you how many interviews, but Operation Sidewinder, um, that was a report that came out in the 1990s. Correct. Uh, I wrote it. Yeah. Okay. Are you able to talk about that? Because that was something that was documenting this issue of China's attempts to interfere at all levels of society, but politics in particular, mm-hmm. in the 1990s. And I reread it the other day, the port portions that are open public, and I looked and I thought, this all sounds really familiar. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And unfortunately, the version that was released by uh, an informant in the RCMP who confessed uh, to uh, the McLean many years later that he, he was the one that leaked the document to uh, the media uh, is the poor version of what we had written. It was a, f- a very, very, very poor translation of, of what was originally written. But you're right, and, 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 and I thank you to mention it, because way back in the late second half of the 90s, uh, I was in charge of Asia Pacific, and we had discovered already the attempt by the Chinese embassy and the Chinese uh, agent in place uh, to try to manipulate the political process in Canada. And, and that is something that I'd like to sort of bring to the attention of the listeners today, is that what we are currently experiencing in the media and the debate that are taking place, which, by the way, delights me, uh, is, the, is not new to us. We have been sounding the alarm uh, for the last 30 years. I witnessed that uh, myself. When we went to the government, every government, uh, name it, any color, any party, we went, we told them what was happening. We were bringing evidence and they disregard. They disregard, to my point of view, for two reasons. One, because it was serving their purpose at that time. It's, they found it useful and they thought that it was probably not a bad idea to let it run its course because it was serving their purpose, maybe like the way Mr. Trudeau saw it lately. Um, and the second purpose is probably because the agent of influence that were capable to be planted close to the various level of government, which is municipal, provincial or federal, were doing a great job. They were capable to neutralize the warning shot that we were sending to uh, uh, to the government. They, they, they were, it, when you say neutralize, they were able to say, "Oh no, no, no! It's it's not what they're telling you." Is that what you mean? It's not that bad. Uh, no, they're 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 just James Bond seeing things and stuff like that, and 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 succeeding. I, mean, I don't know which argument they brought all the time, but definitely they succeeded succeeded in doing what 
we call them for agent of influence, the influence in the wrong direction. So this report, which, you know, joint Sidewinder was a joint CSIS RCMP reporter investigation, correct? Right. Okay. This report described the desire of Chinese agents, agents of Beijing to take over nomination meetings to work within the party system before you even, you know, they don't even have to um, uh, influence us on election day. They're influencing at nomination meetings. Correct. They knew enough to do that in the 90s. This warning went out in 97. Now we're seeing the same thing. As someone that gave that warning so many years ago, how does it feel watching it come out and politicians try to say, no, 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 there's nothing to see here? <laughs> I think it, it, it's a it's a double sweet or, or, or sweet and sour uh, success. Uh, sweet in the sense that finally we will be maybe capable to tackle the bull by the horn and being capable to finally do something for something that I've consecrated my my entire life to protecting my country. Uh, but to do so, that to do so, we need to break a certain political culture that exists in this country. And basically that political culture goes with the premise that if we are capable to do it and nobody knows about it, we'll be good, we'll be safe. And all political parties have practiced that, that, that thing. So they, they, they will prefer, they will favor their partisanry and their, 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 their political advancement rather than to work on protecting our country like they should. And like I said, I stress it's very, very important, you know, I could give you tons of examples under Harper government, you know, tons of examples. I could give you tons of examples under the Chrétien government. I could give you tons of examples under Mulroney government. It goes as back as, as far as my knowledge and my experience at that period of time. So all government and that period have practiced the same sort of, of ignorance, blissful ignorance or willingful ignorance uh, along the way because it was serving certain purpose. I was watching a committee meeting on Friday morning. Um, the Commons Ethics Committee was investigating this. They had two people appearing, a man named uh, Chek Kwan, who's the co-chair of the Toronto Association for Democracy in China, and Mehmet Todi, who's the executive director of the Uyghur Rights Advocacy Project. And they both showed up with the same message. We've been sounding the alarm on this. I mean, Chek Kwan uh, said he got involved shortly after Tiananmen Square. That was 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, Mehmet Todi a bit later getting involved in, in Uyghur issues. But they both said, we have been coming to governments. We have been coming to parliament. We have both appeared before committees going back years. And we've sounded the alarm and nobody has paid attention. That has to be incredibly frustrating for everybody involved because you know, they're both saying the same thing. Um, Kwan says, look, I'm Chinese Canadian. We're the victims. Oh, and cool. Mem- Mehmet Todi says, I'm a Uyghur Canadian. I can't go visit a whole pile of countries because of the interference China does on me. I can't mm-hmm. go visit my, uh, my relatives back home. I can't go to countries in between Correct. to visit them because of Chinese interference. We, we have abandoned a large chunk of our population to keep the people in Beijing happy and perhaps, you know, damaged our democracy in the process. 
Absolutely right. Absolutely right. And 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 it is frustrating. It is frustrating because we've been aware of this problem for a long period of time. Uh, we know we have known for a long period of time also that individuals, people, family have been suffering because of this ignorance and this uh, 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 this attitude that various governments have taken for too long. Uh, this is why I'm. I'm I'm extremely delighted to see this debate taking place as we speak. Um, still need to, the jury's still out to find out if the uh, government will do the right thing, if the, and the government includes the opposition in this pr- perspective, uh, if they will be capable to sort of put in place what is needed in order to start sort of uh, standing on our two feet. And one of the most important element and, and, and key element into this will be definitely to try to uh, pass a law similar to what Australia has done, probably refined it because we can benefit of their experience. But in 2000, mm-hmm. 2017, 2018, the Australian adopted a, a, a law f- specifically about stopping foreign interference. Uh, the American has done the same. The UK has done the same. Their political and, and, and judicial legal system is the same as uh, as here in Canada. So definitely we uh, we should inspire ourselves and rapidly because this will become a tool for the law enforcement. Because today, even if uh, we see the RCMP saying, please come and talk to us in order to help uh, stopping, for example, those uh, 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 covert police uh, department, police uh, station, well... The problem is, is that even if you have the evidence, what are you going to charge them with? There's nothing. The criminal Mm -hmm. code talks about harassment, but not in this way. The criminal code talks about defamation, but not in this way. So currently, as we speak, the law enforcement is powerless. They have no tools to work with. So we need to give them the right tools. Then the population can go to them. The brave one will be able to share their experience, help them to collect evidence, and eventually do two things. The fake diplomat that comes here, which are in reality spy, will be kicked out of the country. And the uh, uh, the uh, Canadian uh, that helps the foreign uh, uh, services will be prosecuted for, for their treason, basically, to us. It's... It's interesting that you brought up those police stations when that news broke last fall, I guess it was. I got the addresses of the three in Toronto and I went out and visited them. And they're not what we think of as police station. One was a convenience store. Correct. One was uh, an office in one of these nondescript strip malls in an industrial park. And the other one was a home. Correct. And yesterday yesterday the news broke about two in Montreal, one in Brussels uh, and one in Montreal. Uh, the concept, and, and they're very much the same, right? Like uh, when I spoke to uh, Richard Fadden about it, the former head of CSIS, he right. said not so much police stations as intimidation stations. They're they're, they're there not to lock somebody up. They're there to go and say, "Oh, it's a really nice life you've got in Canada, but yeah. you know your your aunt back home, you know she she could suffer if you do the wrong thing." That's right. If anybody wants to understand how the Chinese government use uh, and and deploy its strategy. Learn the the game of Go. The game of Go, it's a millennium-old game that was taught in every court, every general, every uh, 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 anybody with power in Asia, and still today one of the great games played from, from Asia. 
The game of Go is a strategy game where you put black pedal and white pedal on the board, no cards, no dice. It's very pure strategy. And they understand one thing, and there's tons of philosophy books that were written about this game, that on the board, if you put one pedal in one corner, it has influence on the entire game, even if it stands alone in this one corner. And that's exactly what those those police stations are about. They go, first of all, in places where they look like nothing, but the, the word is passed in the community. We are there, we are watching you, and your government cannot protect you. We will reach out to you and we will find you. And if we want, we can uh, uh, arrest, just like you said, uh, arrest your relative back home. And that element of fear is typical of any autocracy that we know about, any totalitarianism that we know about. And, and, and it's, 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 it is working. It is working because they wrote the book 2,000 years ago about how to use the, word, the, the, the influence. Influence is not control, but influence gives you a form of control by simply having somebody else doing the work for you. Yeah. I want to dive deeper into influence in a moment, but I, you know, one of the lines of pushback I've had from people who want to make this story go away or want to say it's being overblown is, well, why would China care? We're, we're so small. Do you think they really care about us? And my view is, yeah, I think they do. It's a very, very good question. And I asked myself that question way back, uh, uh, back in the 90s when I was in charge of Asia Pacific. Basically, the answer is that Canada is a, it's a knowledge-based society. We have excellent research center. We are at the, 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 the far end of, uh, of, uh, 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 forefront of the uh, research in so many fields. So the intellectual property that we produce through our R&D is really, really attractive. Another element as well is we have access to all the major uh, uh, table that, that, that there is, NATO, NORAD, uh, Five Eyes, etc. So we are not only having to protect our secret, we need to protect our friends' secret. But we are so welcoming and so naive, borderline stupid sometimes when it comes <laughs> to sort of bring the people in, is that we become the, 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 the doorman that opens the door and access to other conduit. And that's why we are so interesting for uh, uh, China. We also have natural resources that are extremely precious. Let's remember, we are our own uh, uh, makers of our uh, destiny of having make or uh, produce China as the manufacturer of the world. They manufacture everything over there, but they need natural resources. We have a lot of them. So they need to come here. Since we have a very poor legal system to protect us for against those kind of activities, we become a playground. We become a playground. They can do whatever they want. I'll give you another example, just, just to give you an example how they were capable to plant so many things. The biggest economic partner we have is the US. Everybody's agree with that. Mm -hmm. Okay. With China, we have a trade deficit. That means we, they don't give us as much as we give to them. Well, diplomatic uh, representation-wise, China has the double number of diplomats than the American has right here in our sword. Why? 
Why so many diplomats? Because bloody hell, half of them are spies. They're not diplomats. They're right here to try to do certain things that are inappropriate for their position. The Okay, so that answers the question of why they would be interested in little old Canada. But I mentioned off the top, this goes down to provincial levels. Definitely Ontario, mm -hmm. definitely British Columbia. I'm sure other provincial legislatures as well. And in some cases, uh, it's been talked for over a decade that municipal politicians are targets as well. Absolutely. Why would they be looking to, I understand trying to get five eye secrets, trying to get NATO secrets, all of that. Why would they be trying to infiltrate, influence, interfere with provincial or municipal politicians? Because the Chinese are capable to, to look at the long game. And when you go into politics, very often, on the natural path, many politicians will choose to start at the local and climb their way to maybe get to the federal and stuff like that. So, so it's, it's, it's one way to be capable to get access to other form of, of, uh, of, uh, 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 decision process and decision real ring. Uh, but at the same time, at the municipal, provincial or federal level, uh, there's all sort of activities that are taking place. Like, for example, uh, in Ottawa area, we have a lot of uh, high-tech companies, as you know, uh, and certain decisions and, and, and influence could help gaining access to those companies. So you get access through one door. Let, remember, like I said earlier, they have time on their side. They don't change. The, the, the government will stay there so they can plan an, a, a operations for a long period of time. So gaining access through uh, 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 the, uh, 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 the municipal, the provincial, or the federal is working on several fronts at the same time. Also, one thing that they need to have is a very, um, very positive image everywhere. If you're trying to sort of convince, let's say, at the federal level to change the rules in order to favor China, but at the same time, you have de demonstration in front of the embassy by the Falun Gong people and everything, it doesn't look good. And, 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 and it's in the news and it, it sort of slow down the process and the acceptance that the people will have at the federal level. So what you do, you go and you try to convince a mayor like we had, somebody convinced the previous, not the recently, but one of other mayors that Falun Gong demonstration should be banned. And because it has a visual uh, 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 pollution did exactly the same thing with the mayor Campbell in uh, uh, in Vancouver. Did exactly the same thing. So they work at various level, being capable also to influence on various things. For example, provincial ed education is a provincial uh, uh, jurisdiction. So education, you want to have organization that will bring curriculum uh, about the ch China in a certain angle, in a certain way, in order to influence people to see China as the good guys, not the bad guys. Despite the fact that, you know, throughout history, they kept killing millions and millions and millions of peoples and torturing and uh, cutting them a piece for their, their, their organs and all sorts of things like this. So you look at all this and you say, they're very phenomenal opponent. And, and contrary to other, age, other countries which are trying to influence us or to uh, send their, 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 their foreign interference, um, they work on so many levels and so many fronts that it escaped the imagination of the Western agencies. The, we, we don't understand how they are thinking that way. 
and how they can work so long. But that's part of their culture. And if you don't understand that, you'll never understand your opponent. They uh, they worked uh, deep enough to get into the Toronto District School Board with Confucius Institute. So they go to the school board level. Uh, we need to take a break, Michelle. But when we come back, I do want to ask you about uh, you know when they get a politician under their influence. What does that mean? We'll talk about that when we come back. So we all know that China interferes in our elections, in our society in general. Industrial espionage is everywhere. I've literally witnessed it firsthand many years ago, watching someone be arrested at the Nortel building across from where I worked. Um, and that person was accused and charged of, of stealing uh, technology on behalf of the government of China. But if you were a politician under the influence, Michelle, does that mean that you're stealing state secrets? Are you an agent of the government of Beijing if there's someone that you've they've cultivated to vote a certain way? Like, what, what are they looking for a politician to do for them once they're elected? Well, in parts you're right. It could potentially be used to steal or to share secret uh, because of the position that they, they, they have. And it depends if they succeed in at- achieving certain position. What we're talking about here is more likely to be capable to, at the right time, influence the decision process, influence decision makers, and uh, in, in, in guide uh, the orientation of certain rulings or certain decisions that will be made. That's what they, 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 they want to secure. And again, I use the word they want to secure. They don't know all the time exactly what they will achieve and what they can achieve. The general jest of what they're trying to do is to be capable to have a favorable reception on anything and everything that eventually China would like to have pass or receive. I give you an example. Under the Hopper government, uh, against the against the advice of CSIS, the Hopper government decided to sell the Nexon company in Alberta. It's an oil and gas company. They sold it for fifteen billion dollars. That's a lot of heavy weight in Alberta. When you're a $15 billion company, probably hiring thousands of employees and everything, if you give a call to the, the office of the premier and you need a, an appointment, you're probably going to get the appointment within the next four working, five working days. Uh, mm-hmm. If you are a Canadian like you and me, and we call the, 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 the office of the premier, we're likely to stay on hold for a long time. <laughs> so that's the kind of influence they understand and they want to gain. And in order to get the permission to buy uh, this company, when hell, we're not even capable to buy a corner store in China ourselves, uh, in order to get that, somebody within the government close to Mr. Harper had to convince Mr. Harper that that was a good idea. And it succeeded. And it succeeded. And today, that company is very, very, very successful in convincing uh, the government in going in certain di- direction. It might be about environmental law. It might be about certain regulations or taxes or all sort of things. But in order to favor other things and with Sidewinder, we had already identified at that period of time, there were over 200 Canadian companies that were bought by Chinese government entities. Uh, they were immediately acquiring intellectual property. They were immediately acquiring also the profit. 
being capable to send it back to China, keep the strict minimum, and in some cases they let the company die and, and, and like a, a dry lemon. Um, but they, since the, the, the 90s, this number has probably tripled of the number of companies that has been uh, sort of acquired now in Canada, if not more. And that is the kind of influence that they, they are capable to obtain and to, to work for. So with the politician, they are capable to play that card and say, okay, you need this for the re-election. You need that as well, you know, and we will support you for your next election. Going back to the, the Nexon issue, I remember covering that to some degree, but time's not on my side here and I don't have notes in front of me, but I remember the Harper government saying, okay, we don't have the ability to stop it now, but we'll pass legislation to stop these sorts of things in the future. And my guess is that, you know, let's accept that argument at face value, and maybe it's not true. But if it is true, my guess is that the people that China was trying to influence or did have influence over would then work to ensure that, mm, okay, you can pass that legislation because the government's promised it, but make sure it's not too strict. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And at that period of time, just to, for the record, uh, the law with Industry Canada allowed for national security to stop any transaction and still is function in, 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 uh, in, in effect today as we speak. Uh, and, and the government could have stopped it if they would they, have. They, 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 so they had the power. They had the power. They, had they just the power. used it as, as, as an excuse as, That's often, right. as often the case. But let's move forward as well. In the same government, and I'm not here trying to sort of do the trial only the, of the Harper government, but I'm just looking at sort of the pattern. When the Harper government came to an end, five of his cabinet ministers went directly to work for a Chinese company. And among them, Stockwell Day, with, uh, uh, which was uh, 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 public safety, and Mr. John Baer, that was uh, foreign affairs. Heavy, heavy shooter, heavy cabinet members who had no restriction when directly worked for a, a, a Chinese company. And I could go on with, the, uh, with others like this. This is the kind of naivety and the kind of element that needs to be looked at by the government in order for the procedures to say, okay, when you have been a cabinet minister, how long, how long can you, do you have to sort of be sidelined in order to sort of not be an, a, a danger for national security or, or, or be in, in conflict of interest? S- similar to what we have for lobbying laws. If you're, a, if you're a staffer in the government, you can't leave and go, you know, staffer at a certain level, you can't leave and go lobby the government for, I think it's five years at Correct. the moment, federally. Um, cooling off periods differ by, uh, by uh, provinces, but it's five years for the federal government. And you mentioned you know, Stockwell Day. I, I didn't realize that about John Baird. Jean Chrétien has gone to work for uh, Chinese companies, Pierre Bork, the former mayor of Montreal, when I lived there, uh, you know, he, he lost, that's what he did. It seems like China says, okay, you're an unemployed politician. You have influence. We've got a job for you. Exactly. And, and, and this is the kind of element that is, needs to be sort of taken in consideration from like, like we have to be mature and basically what we need to change in Canada for lack of better description, I say our business culture is wrong today. We want to play internationally, but we play like a bunch of peewees. We need to sort of, if we want to step on the ice and play with professional, we need to act professionally and we have to give ourselves the tools to play professionally. And these are the, the kind of element that needs to be reviewed. But 
The problem is the guy who has the power to change things will benefit of this vacuum of this absence of re regulation when they step out. And like Mr. Chrétien and Power Corporation need less to say anything else, I think. I've been saying since this started to be a political headache for the Trudeau government that this is not a, a partisan issue, that this, this should concern all parties, that it will affect all parties. And, and I, you know, I, I, I'm not sure about the Bloc Québécois, but I guarantee you that if there were a full and independent public inquiry, that the federal liberals would be hurt politically. But so would the federal conservatives. So would the new Democrats. All three of those main parties in English Canada would be hit. I'm not sure on the Bloc. I, I can tell you that Blocking. Bloc included. Yep. So, but what we've got right now is a system where only the prime minister, who's the most recent beneficiary, can call this inquiry and refuses to do so and ends up looking like he's the only guilty one or his party's the only guilty one. Correct. How, how deep would it go, do you think? Like, g give us a, a sketch, and I'm not asking you to name names, get yourself in legal trouble, but <laughs> how deep would this go with all of the parties? Like I said, in my, in my living experience, I would go back to all the way to Mr. Mulroney. And I have hardcore evidence from, from, for, for all that period of time, for every single prime minister that passed by uh, the, 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 the challenges that explained. This is why, to a certain extent, if, um, if Mr. Trudeau was well advised by his uh, 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 advisors around him, which are, to my point of view, not very bright, uh, they would have gone into action and say, listen, guys, we have a problem. Here's the action that we want to do. Not a committee, not a consultation, not going around and thinking and uh, uh, bringing a rapporteur or something like this, because I can tell you what's going on. We're going to have a rapporteur who will go and listen to the conversation that will take place in the two main uh, uh, bodies, uh, uh, the uh, uh, Parliamentary Committee and the uh, Office of the National Security and Intelligence Group. They all listen and, and, and be talking uh, uh, behind closed doors because it is top secret what they will be talking about. And then you will hear the chronology of things for this current government and say, holy shit, I cannot sort of let that come out and say, no, we cannot have a public inquiry because the information is too sensitive for our national security. Read for our unity. And therefore, we'll kill the bird this way. What we need is action. Forget because everybody has been guilty. One after the other. They have all been guilty. Forget about it. Today, we need to not hold the bull, the bull by the horn and being capable to make take action. Pass a law. Have the registry for foreign agent. Make sure that the uh, MPs are known. Make sure that we prosecute. Make sure we get, reduce the number of diplomat, Chinese diplomats that we have here, which are half of them uh, fake diplomats. They are spies. Um, make sure that we have also a review uh, that every time we have an election, the candidates, when they submit their application, they sign an affidavit and they sign uh, on, on, on their oath that they are not influenced by foreign agents. And if we discover they will be prosecute, uh, prosecuted and stuff like that. So this is the kind of things that needs, and there's more uh, initiative that needs to be given. But as we speak, 
we are powerless because even our law enforcement cannot receive the complaints from the public from the public and help them because we don't have a law to lay on. So you're more in favor of action and passing new laws than saying, okay, what we need is a public inquiry that will spend millions, be half held in secret. Yes, I don't think that the, the public inquiry will uh, reveal things that will be very useful uh, as we speak to maybe create uh, uh, a committee that will uh, very s- to study this seriously, uh, come out with, uh, with recommendations, speaking with operational guys, guys like me who's been in the field, know exactly the challenges that we will have to investigate that kind of things and commit to the re- to, to implement the recommendation that will come out, that would be a nonpartisan approach to all this. Because currently, as we speak, well, we see Mr. Poliev trying to throw rocks. Mr. Poliev, you live in a glass house. You know, uh, we see uh, Trudeau trying to avoid all things. Yeah, because the chronology doesn't look good for you and you're going to look really bad when we find out that you were told on time and you missed it uh, intentionally. So all this so, uh, is not we, good. The, the bit about CSIS going to the liberals ahead of the 2019 election, some people have disputed that that would ever happen, that there is under no circumstances would CSIS go and warn a political party. One of your candidates seems to be compromised. What's your take on that? Uh, we've done it in the past. We've done it in the past. We've identified the uh, candidate or we identified MPs that were compromised. We had times, we had meetings, we had uh, uh, even a video of meetings of people that were, on, were under surveillance. We have evidence. We are capable to demonstrate what we're saying. I know but would, would, C- would, would CSIS go to a party and say, this is a problem, or would they just sit on it? They would go. They would go. It, would, it is their responsibility to go. I'm not saying that automatically somebody did it in that particular case. I don't have the evidence. I don't have enough to know if they did it in that. But if I was in charge, if I was there and I had the information, I would pass it along to my chain of command. So the chain of command goes and talk to the premier because that is very, very, very important. We are we know about a spy, a potential spy, or somebody who's under the control of a foreign uh, intelligence service, and we don't inform the government. That would be sort of a big sin <laughs> in in my world. I've spoken to people in various governments who have received that sort of information before. So I, I know it's happened. And I said, well, so you tricked me. <laughs> what did you do? What, what, what did you do with that information? And they said, the person was elected, uh, not enough information to convict them of anything, yeah. but we could isolate them. In your experience, is that what happens? I think it is difficult to, to isolate somebody when you choose that person originally. Uh, especially if that person is represent, uh, represent and has been selected in among other things, uh, because of their representation or because they belong to a certain ethnic, uh, uh group that uh, represent maybe a great number or great percentage of voters in a certain writing. Because this is exactly what took place as well. Under the Mr. Grimaldroni government, Mr. Jason Kenney was 
given their responsibility to go and approach the uh, uh, under the Harper government under mean. the Harper government when Mr. J- Jason Kinney was the immigrant uh, the minister of immigration he was he had the responsibility to go and and sort of smooch with the uh, Chinese community and bring them to vote eventually uh, to to the conservative everybody does something like this because in certain writings you have huge constituent that uh, huge group that are uh, belonging. Uh, for example, totally in the different uh, ballpark, but um, there's three writings in Toronto area that were dominated by the uh, Tamil community. And at certain period of time, the tiger, Tamil Tiger, uh, a terrorist group, were dominating, were bullying the, the community. And nobody, despite the fact that everybody around the world has recognized the Tamil Tiger as a terrorist group, nobody did anything because we didn't want to upset them because they could have for- bring somebody to vote for the other party. So it took like years before finally they did it. And the Mulroney government, then I will play in favor here of Mr. Ga- Ga- Mulroney, uh, decided, uh, not Mulroney, sort of Harper, uh, decided to call them terrorists. Within a week, the RCMP raided the place and, and broke the back of the tiger. And we were known to, to, to send and an average $10 million out of Canada every year to support terrorist activities in Sri Lanka with the tiger, Tamil tiger. So, so the intelligence service in Canada, they do their job and they can bring the information, but it is to the discretion of the, uh, 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 the, of the authority to decide to do something with it. Take another example. Um, under the, the again the, the Harper government, Mr. Decker, Bob Decker, you remember we covered that yep. together. Bob Decker was a state a state minister of foreign affairs, caught having a, a extra uh, uh, extra uh, uh, an affair with uh, a Chinese journalist who was known to be a spy. When we brought it to the attention of Mr. Uh, Harper, this is a private matter. I don't have to take care of this, and left the guy in position. You know, she went back home because she was she was uncovered, and and this is this this sort of very frustrating attitude that we have been served over and over and over and over because the gov- because the, the the culture of silence or or, or 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 secrecy that I was talking about that serves sometimes the government in power all color uh, aside they all the same they all acted the same way that's why we need to sort of implement now certain mechanism embedded into the law that gives a chance for the law enforcement, which are supposed to be apolitical, to be capable to sort of become the safeguards of our democracy and the safeguard and the guardian of our uh, our way of life. We shall see if anything comes of this latest outrage, uh, outpouring of information, but something tells me it won't be quite enough. Michelle? Thank you for your time today, and uh, thank you for everything you've done uh, over the years in, in service to Canada. Thank you very much for having me and giving me the opportunity to share my thoughts. All right. Full Comment is a post-media podcast. My name is Brian Lilly, your host. This episode was produced by Andre Pru with theme music by Bryce Hall. Kevin Libin is the executive producer. Remember, you can subscribe to Full Comment on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, and Amazon Music, and listen through the app or Alexa-enabled devices. And you can help us out by leaving a rating, a comment, leaving a review, emailing it to your Aunt May in Red Deer, and telling your friends. Until next time, thanks for listening.